So, yes, we need magnesium, but guys, it's everything in moderation. We cannot go after just one nutrient and think we're going to fix everything. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Merry Christmas. Welcome to day five of the 12 Days of Nutrients. We appreciate you tuning in. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we focus on helping you increase yield and improve profits. Today, day five, we're going to talk about magnesium. We talked a lot about it yesterday because of its relationship with calcium. Again, magnesium is one of the three secondaries. And we talked about calcium yesterday, magnesium today, and we're going to talk about sulfur on day six. And so we get... uh, into all of those things, but it is a very important element. It can be overused. It can create a lot of trouble if there's too much. If it's underused, it costs us a lot of yield. And so it's important to understand what it does, why we need to take care of it, and how to go about that. The first thing I want to do is I want to draw a distinction that magnesium is a secondary. Manganese is a micro, and oftentimes people get those two confused, and they're very different. And the amount that you need of each one is very different. Both are super important, and we're going to get to manganese later in this series, but we wanted to make sure and draw that distinction. Today, it's magnesium. As I look at our sheet here of the role of essential nutrients, number one, it's the key element in chlorophyll production, the number one. Number two, it improves the utilization and the mobility of phosphorus. When we have adequate magnesium, phosphorus moves throughout that plant much better than it was. It is an activator of many plant enzymes, and that might be the biggest thing to me. I just want you to pretend that this plant has all these different enzyme systems, because they do. That part, you don't have to pretend. They have all these enzyme systems. And what happens is, in the presence of adequate magnesium, it's just like somebody flipping the switches on. Turn it on, turn it on, turn it on, turn it on. And we just continue to turn those enzyme systems on, which is what we need to do. It increases the iron utilization in plants, and it helps to influence the earliness and the uniformity of maturity. We want all those plants to mature at the same time, and magnesium is our friend for doing that. I want to start in the fertility handbook, and as we look at what the fertilizer handbook has to the fertilizer handbook from the Dry Fertilizer People, the Fertilizer Institute, And I want to share some stuff out of here with these guys. Because magnesium is a part of the chlorophyll in the leaves, deficiency symptoms of this element appear as a yellowing between the veins of the older leaves. And I'm going to come back and hit this again here in a little bit. We know that when we see yellow, we all think nitrogen. But the reality is, if we see yellow and it's at the top of the plant, it's probably sulfur, not nitrogen. If we see yellow at the bottom of the plant, and it's starting at the end of the leaves and working its way back down, that's probably going to be nitrogen. At the top, it's sulfur. At the bottom, it's nitrogen. If we see yellowing at the bottom of the plant, and it's the edges of the leaves that are dying off, that's probably potassium. Yellow doesn't mean just one thing. It means a lot of things. If we see yellowing in between the veins, in other words, intervenal striping, of yellow almost to white, that's probably magnesium. And it's important to be able to diagnose these things and figure out what it is that we can, you know, how we're going to go about fixing it. You know, Donald Schrieffer in his book, From the Soil Up, talked a lot about magnesium. 
one of the things that he brought in was he said that soil magnesium levels must be checked in making potassium recommendations. High potash applications on soils that are marginal in magnesium can cause a magnesium deficiency in the crop. Potassium to magnesium ratio appears to be quite important. For a normal range, we should have 10 to 15% base saturation of the post of the potassium saturation should be about one-third of the magnesium. In other words, K5 or 6, magnesium 15, somewhere in there. We're going to get into the exact rate. You know, we're looking at a target base basically of 8% being too low. We'd like to be between 10 and 16 as the ideal, 12 and 16, somewhere in there. And we want to make sure that we're getting those where we want them. And if they're not, we want to be working towards that. We want to remember that magnesium can correct pH. It doesn't correct it. It changes it. But if we're using high mag lime, and we have a lot of magnesium already. We can raise the pH very quickly, actually quicker than we can with calcium. However, it's everything in moderation because if we get that magnesium above in parts per million, if we get it above more than 5x, the potassium, then we're going to have a pretty severe case of potassium deficiency. Again, here, as noted earlier, Magnesium should be about 25% of the correct calcium levels on for a given soil CEC. So roughly we're looking at about a 1 to 4 ratio of calcium to magnesium. Four parts calcium, one part magnesium. And so we have all these things we need to take into consideration and work on. I think the lion's share of things I'm going to be today working with is going to come out of hands-on agronomy. Neil has spent a great deal of time working on this. And there's just a ton of stuff there that is really, really important. And one of the things that I, I wanted to make sure we understand is cation exchange capacity. That's a term that gets thrown around a lot. I talked about it earlier, how it's kind of like two different sizes of bowl, and how many cherries you can put in each bowl. And so we want to do that. But he said almost all the laboratories report the cation exchange capacity, or CEC, in terms of milla equivalence, or ME. So it's just like an electrician would measure electrical things in ohms and volts and amper amps, then all of a sudden now we're, we're measuring this in milliequivalents. And here's the thing. A milliequivalent represents the amount of colloidal energy needed to absorb and to hold to the soil's colloid in the top seven inches 400 pounds of calcium, or it would have the energy to hold on to 240 pounds of magnesium, or it would have the ability to hold on to 780 pounds of potassium. Now, I want you to think about that in regards to potassium. If your CEC is 10, it's hanging on to 10 times 780 pounds of potassium. Hmm, that'd be about 7,800 pounds down here on the farm in Iowa. I want you to take that back to the idea of talking about how it is we test for potassium, but a lot of what's there, it doesn't show up. And so we can have that conversation another day. But I just thought that was interesting as they were talking about what the CEC is. And then we understand it's actually, it measures the energy required to hang on to those nutrients. And we want to make sure we're hanging on to those. Again, we would like to see that base saturation about 12%, not above 18. 19 is too high. Once we get to 20 or 30, the soil starts to get really tight. When we have a base saturation into the 20s, or I've even seen it as high as 33%, and it takes forever to drive that probe into the ground because it's so tightly compacted. What happens if we get to that? What happens if you have that tightly compacted soil and magnets way too high? Well, A, there's no miracle cure. I can't just sell you a potion that's going to fix it in one year. 
typically most of the things in agriculture, we've spent 50 years, 100 years, 200 years creating this problem, and then we want to fix it in one growing season. That's probably not very realistic. And so what are we going to do here? Well, when we get that super high mag, one thing we would recommend is an inline ripper. Now, I'm not going after you no-till people. You do what you got to do. However, you take a brilliant zone commander and you run through that field. It basically doesn't look like you were ever there. It just cuts a slot to break up that compaction layer, six or eight inches, whatever it is. And then the other one, it's probably 18 or 20, maybe 22. The second thing we're going to do is we want to apply a bunch of calcitic lime because that calcitic lime will drive some of that magnesium off. And then when we couple that with putting a pretty good dose of ammonium sulfate or ammonium thiosulfate out there, and those are the two that we would recommend, either ATS or AMS, when we put those on, then we can drive some of that mag out of the soil because it'll form a, a magnesium sulfate. But guys, this is not something you're going to do in the spring of 23 and by the fall of 23, it's going to be perfect. That is not the case. But you can make it better and you can help for this growing season. And at least you get headed in the right direction. And that's important to do is to be moving in the right direction. I thought it was interesting that in one of the books, I don't remember which one it was that I was reading, but it said that 150 bushel corn, which I know was a, that's not the yield of the day, but the work was done there. And it actually takes 28 pounds of calcium and 28 pounds of magnesium to grow that 150 bushel corn. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the right things to have the right nutrients out there so that we can get get that yield response that we want. As I look back into hands-on agronomy here, I want to remind you that this imbalanced equilibrium of calcium and magnesium permits organic residues to decay into alcohol, and that is a sterilant to bacteria, and into formaldehyde which obviously hangs onto cell tissue and doesn't let it break down. Therefore, you end up with an improper decay, and you don't get those stocks recycling the way that you want them to. So we want to make sure we're doing the right-up things here in an attempt to get that where we want it to be and that we have the adequate amount of magnesium and calcium in the right ratio. An excess of magnesium, as well as nitrogen, in the soil initiates the process which prevents the crop from growing dry and getting nutritionally right, which is probably the major goal of every farmer. So yes, we need magnesium, but guys, it's everything in moderation. We cannot go after just one nutrient and think we're going to fix everything because that's not how it works. And so what do we got to do? We got to get it all right to the best of our abilities and everything matters. You guys have heard me talk about that so much, but I really believe that it's never been more important to right now to understand that every single thing that we do matters, and we have huge consequences as a result of that. He goes on to say that the use of ammonium sulfate, if the calcium saturation is above 60%, means taking out magnesium at the same time and better control of any excesses. So what are we doing? He's, he's again, he's talking about what I said. We're going to go out there. We're going to do whatever we can to loosen that soil up. And there's probably a conditioner or two that we could talk to you about if you're interested that you might want to give a look to help with that. And then we're going to go out here and we're going to apply that ammonium sulfate or the ammonium thiosulfate. And we're going to take some of that mag out. But only if we have a base saturated calcium above 60%. And so we have to make sure that we get that base saturation rate up to where we want it so that what we're doing will actually work. See, sometimes this is how other entities, I will not name any entities, but some of the other entities have come about and they've said, okay, we've put on ammonium sulfate and it didn't change our mag level at all. 
But the problem was they were putting on ammonium sulfate where they already had a calcium that was at 50% base saturation, not 60. So they could not get what they needed for results because they didn't do everything that it takes. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever put a model together of a little car or whatever, and you can go ahead and you can put it all together. But if you don't put any glue in there, it doesn't last. Well, you can do all these things and try and figure out how to get rid of your mag. You could even run the zone commander and you got put on a bunch of, of ammonium thiosulfate or ammonium sulfate. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't have adequate calcium there, if you didn't go get that calcitic lime, yeah, it may be inconvenient. I had a guy text me last night. He's like, his local people won't even bring him calcitic lime. And so what do I say to that? Or I don't know, whichever type you need, a Donald with dolomite or calcitic, but whatever it is that you need, guys, you hire the semi and you get somebody to go get it and you get somebody to spread it because it's never wrong to do the right thing. And we've got to make sure we're doing what we need to do to get this calcium magnesium thing correct. He goes on to repeat, as I said earlier, the elements manganese and magnesium are often confused because they sound so familiar. Magnesium is a secondary and is generally supplied by dolomite limestone, magnesium sulfate or some other form of fertilizer. Even the manganese and the magnesium deficiency symptoms are somewhat similar. In both cases, many plants, the leaves of many plants will turn yellow or even maybe white, except for the veins. So it's intervenal striping. The difference is that a manganese deficiency shows up where? In the new growth, at the top of the plant. A magnesium deficiency shows up where? At the bottom, in the old growth. And so, again, guys, it's really important to understand what yellow means. And it does always mean caution, but it doesn't always mean it's the same thing. So, so far, we've studied five different things. We've got nitrogen. We've got sulfur. We haven't studied, but sulfur, manganese, magnesium, potassium, and they all cause yellowing when they're deficient. And so what do we want to do? We want to make sure that we're judging it right, that we're making the right call so we can apply the right nutrient as a foliar feed to come out and fix this problem that we have. And if we don't do that, then we're never going to get the results that we deserve and we're never going to get it to work the way that we want it to. One of the things that was interesting here, again, he came back and hit it again. Guys, I'm going to drive this home. Magnesium deficiency causes yellow or whitey strips along the veins and often will be purple also on the underneath side, on the bottom of the lower leaves. Too much magnesium in a soil prevents the plant from getting enough magnesium. Did you catch that? Because that makes zero sense, and I understand that. If we have too high of mag in our soil, which we have here, where I live, then we have a hard time getting adequate magnesium into the plant. I can remember when I was a kid, Oh, I was probably 14, and we had a couple of cows die, and we couldn't figure out why, because we were people who've never starved our cows. I don't believe you can starve profit into any animal. And, you know, we were working on that. We had a vet come, and he goes, yep, they're eating until they were full, but your grass doesn't have any magnesium in it, and therefore they died of grass tetany and because they didn't have enough magnesium coming into the plant, which was odd because we have such high mag soils. But when it gets extreme and it's high mag, then sometimes it all goes and ties up with something else and we don't end up with any kind of a result that we're looking for. Looking at life and energy here, as we take a look at what they have to say, magnesium deficiency causes the whitish or yellowish strips along the veins and often a purple color on the bottom side 
this symptom is loosely speaking a magnesium deficiency. Technically, what you have can be a nitrogen toxicity, and magnesium is the antidote for being toxic in nitrogen. Guys, we, we've talked about this. We can get too much in. And so how do we go about that? Well, the magnesium is the antidote, and so it's flushed out of the plant, so the systems disappear, but the cause still remains. And so it's really important to know what we're looking at here and what we're going to get when we're applying these products. I want, as a side note, as you read and you study, and if you get these books, and you're going to come across the words adsorb, that's A-D-S-O-R-B, and absorb, A-B-S-O-R-B. And I, it's important to understand the difference on those. Absorb is like what a sponge does. It just sucks up water or sucks something up, you know, some kind of a fluid. Adsorb with the D, what that is, is the molecules or ions or atoms are gathering on a surface and then being drawn in. And so when we're adsorbing, which a lot of that's what the roots do, they're adsorbing the different nutrients. Guys, we've talked about it on multiple videos. I'm going to talk again because it's a moneymaker for you. The K to mag ratio is important, okay? It's super important. And when we use that K mag ratio, it can really help us. What do we want? We want magnesium three to five times potassium in parts per million. Go to the side where the analytical work is. I'm not even going to look at base saturation. I can, and there are things that help me with. I'm definitely going to look at parts per million. And we, I've got friends that I work with that have high mag levels. I mean high mag levels, almost very high. But their K levels are so much even higher that they know they get a response to one or two pints of magnesium because when the K is higher than the mag, it cannot absorb the mag. The K overwhelms it at the point on the root where it's going into the plant. And so we have to fully feed it or put some in the seed trench. Somehow we got to get some magnesium out there and vice versa. If magnesium is 10 times what the K level is, then we better be looking at a high K starter. We need a high K starter anyway, but we definitely want a high K starter in that application. I'm going to close for you with a story. I have a good friend named Jerry. If you come to one of our meetings, you'll probably get a chance to meet Jerry. He comes and he talks. He's very successful, does a great job in his farming operation. When you come, if you ever come here and see where I live, which is in the middle of nowhere, there's a huge gravel road hill about a half mile west of my house. And I can take you to the spot on that hill where I was exactly at when Jerry called and I pulled over so I could talk to him. And Jerry said, I got a problem. Uh, I've got this corn plant and these corn plants and they don't look good. They don't look good at all. And he said, they've got intervenal striping at the bottom. They're yellow. They're almost white. And he said, and I've had, now this guy's an NCGA champion. So he gets lots of people to come when he needs some help. And he had three different agronomists out, and he got three different opinions. And he, in his heart, didn't feel like any of them were right, but he's the most gracious, kindest, one most wonderful human being I know, truly. He didn't say anything to him, but he called me, and he said, Rod, I don't think they got this, I, because all those things should be taken care of. What is this? And I said, Jerry, because I know Jerry, he had his soil test in a book on the dash of his farm truck. I said, I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to open it up, and I'm going to bet that your K levels are higher than your mag levels. I said, now I want you to tissue test. I want to confirm this, but I believe that this is the very first case where we were able to document this, where we ran across it, 
and we we've been talking about this for a lot of years, guys, and it's just starting to gain some traction in the industry. We've been doing this for 15 years, probably. We figured this out, and so he opens his book up, you know, and he's going through his test. On this test, it's the K's above mag. This test, mag's above K, and the only one that he had that had K higher than mag in parts per million was this field. And he happened to have some magnesium on stock, so what did he do? He went out and he foliar fed it. He didn't wait on the tissue test. He said it took just a few days, just a few days, and boom, that corn was right back. And I can tell you that in a check strip that was left, there's significant difference. We're talking 20-plus bushel guys that this can pick you up just for putting on this pint or two of magnesium. And so, guys, I, I you know, I, I love doing this. I love the importance of all the nutrients, the things that we can go out here and learn. And mostly, guys, I don't want you to rely on me. I want you, I want to encourage you, take a journey and pick something and study on it and figure out what it is that you can do better with that nutrient. And then next year, pick a different one and keep working towards it. Because if we ain't getting better, then we ain't improving. And we cannot stay static. Nothing in nature stays static. It's either getting better or it's dying. And I don't want to be on the dying side of things. I want to be on the getting better. And I know you guys do too. That's why you're tuning in and that's why you're following us. Thank you for letting us be a little part of your life. I hope you're having a great holiday season as you prepare. I'm staring at one of our Christmas trees here right now and it makes me very happy inside. I got on my favorite, Don't Stop Believing. Got to mix a little journey with a little Santa Claus. You can't beat that, right guys? Thank you for tuning in. We look forward to getting back to you with day six and we'll talk about sulfur and I hope you're having a better day. A better way to farm. Dot com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.